Hi, Janet Sheriff here, the first podcast of Mining in America, telling you how great mining is and important to not only our economy, but the global economy. Our first guest is a colleague of mine, Colin Kraft, project manager for Group 11 now, but a fabulous history in the sector and hope you enjoy his, uh, his visit. Hey, Colin, how are you? Very good. Very good. Hey, it's good to see you. Welcome to Mining in America. Well, thank we're you. Gonna, we're we're going to tell people how wonderful this sector is and uh, all the great things that are going on. And you're you're a big part of this. Well, that's uh, that's great. Great to be part of it. Well, thanks. Now, now for the benefit of others, uh, you you and I have worked together for uh, for a long time. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting you through a mutual colleague Dennis Fenty right right bless his bless his soul yeah right we uh we miss him here in the Yukon he was a he was a great premier yeah when we were you know when we started up at the project uh three aces and we decided we wanted to bulk sample and and do do everything local instead of shipping it out of the country as that's what mining does it benefits rural communities um dennis said that there was only one person that could possibly do this and it was you and, <laughs> uh, I, I thank him for it all the time but you did a fabulous job for us and i want to talk a little bit about you and what we did and what you did but but first you're in watson lake You've been in the mining industry your whole life. Like, how did you end up in the mining industry? Well, I mean, it uh, basically started because my father was a mining engineer. Um, growing up, we uh, uh, he worked for Kamenko, and we moved around to a number of different small mining communities throughout BC and uh, Pine Point Northwest Territories as well. So, I mean, I've been around it since I can remember uh, the first time I was on a mining property uh, I was five years old with my father the Bluebell Mine just uh, on Putney Lake and where, where is that? Uh, Ryandale on Kootenay Lake okay oh okay in BC, in BC yeah in BC it's uh, it's, it's long since shut down that was uh, you know that was 1969 so Wow. Now, Pine Point, I lived in Faro, Yukon, which uh, was a mine that drove the Yukon's economy for years. And I remember uh, everybody moved from Pine Point after it shut down. So it, it's it's quite a, a, a usual practice that you go where the work is. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, it, it's a pretty pretty small community, too. So you're always running into somebody you worked with somewhere or they worked with somebody else you were working with. Uh, the re really, really small community. Yeah, yeah. And how long have you? How long have you lived in Watson Lake? I've been here since '94, so that's 26 years now. Wow. Um, and what was it initially that brought you to Watson Lake? Logging. Logging. All right. <laughs> it, it was. It was in the, the mid '90s there, where the metal prices were in the dumps and and mining jobs were few and far between. Uh, so I ended up uh, logging for a few years, and uh, ended up here in Watson. It turned out 
quite a hub for mining in this area. I mean, there's mines in every direction from here. And uh, once it started picking back up, I, uh, I just used this as a home base. Most of the, most of the jobs at that time were, were fly-in. So mm -hmm. they weren't, yeah. uh, weren't the communities as much. There was a, uh, said Hess, was that open around the time you moved to Watson or was that just kind of winding down? It had shut down and it, uh, it was wind, about to wind back up there at one point, but uh, that uh, got sort of turned around with the price of things. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it, just at that time again. I, I remember the day the Ferro mine shut down. It was April 4th, 1993. And I remember that because my son was born that day in Ferro. So oh, it was, it was, a, it was a, a memorable day. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm of the belief that this is the best sector there is. Everything in, the, in our whole global economy starts from mining. Nothing in civilization exists yet it's hard to get people to understand the value of it and the need to have it in your own backyard. Like really it is, right? Oh, for sure. So, I mean, with this uh, new, new green agenda, I mean, there's going to be an awful lot of metal needed to make that thing work. Well, and it's, you know, you can't be subject to the whims of, of other countries as, geopolitical risks exist so you've got to you know you've got to be able to make your own and uh we're so wealthy in that um and it 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 bothers me when i watch rural communities suffer because they, they aren't able to extract necessary resources and I, I see it in watson lake i see it in south dakota i see it all over and yeah well i mean like i say growing up i was uh moved around to a lot of small small little towns uh uh with my father and you, you could really see the the indigenous populations profited or you know the the opportunity to prosper really helped them out you know and helped break them out of that that cycle of poverty that so many of them end up in it's yeah. uh, a real real boon for them yeah yeah uh, Oh, definitely. And, um, you know, it really changes from a position of dependence to, to, to wealth, right? Exactly. Yeah, I know. I know. It's um, the thing I liked about living in a mining town, and I'd never lived in one until after I graduated from university, um, was with 100% employment, everything changes. You know, social issues go away. Um, you know, they're, they're, it's it's a wonderful place to live. And when it's hundred percent and it's all a private sector, it's a whole different world. And I don't think anybody really understands it until you see it. Yeah. No, I mean, I remember, remember growing up at uh, Canton was, was the place that everybody wanted to be. I mean, nobody left their jobs there. That's right. Everything. You worked at you worked at Kent. Now they had a whole community there, squash courts, everything, right? Yeah, yeah. Back in the old olden days, there. I mean, it was it was the ultimate mine in Canada to work at. Everybody wanted it, yeah. and it's a beautiful place. I mean, well, I, I worked there in one of the probably what the fourth, fourth to seventh iteration of it, or or running of it uh, as 
as with metal prices, it was up and down. So, so you ran the, did you run the mill? I was a uh, uh, mill superintendent there in charge of uh, operations, maintenance, and uh, the laboratory. I mean, that, that's where I, where I finished. Uh, when I started, I was a mill operator. Okay. And it was a tungsten, tungsten mine. Tungsten mine, yeah. We, uh, we uh, concentrated, she light was the ore, and it, it went out as she light. And, and I, I heard there was like 40 shaker tables in the mill. Uh, there was like 72, actually. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 72 full-size full size tables. It, it was a massive, massive mill. Very complex. It had gone through so many changes over the years. Everybody was always trying to improve, right? Most yeah. of the places I worked were like that. Always, yeah. always trying to get a little more out of it. Well, and and Gemma's in the background. She does all the recording, and we'll we'll th we'll throw up a picture of a shaker table for people if they haven't seen one, because because we we used one at the the plant with you when we were working together, and you what you did at Cantung really kind of set the table for, and uh, also at other gold projects, uh, really set the table for what we did together. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I mean. It, I've, I've had a, most of my experience was in, in the, the gold, silver, silver industry, but, you know, I've done lead, zinc, copper, molly, the tungsten, a canton, and uh, even did a year of a uh, magnesium silicate fiber, uh, otherwise known as asbestos. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, okay. Now, tongue, I heard that they were initially looking for a different commodity, and somebody went into the field with the core with a black light and that's how they found the tungsten is that is that story true i've i've heard an iteration of that one it was it was uh they were up there drilling for copper copper gold okay no and it, i mean that that uh, deposit is, is full of full of copper and a little bit of gold up there at, at canton but yeah they were drilling for copper and uh, the story goes here in Watson Lake that the, the core had come in and it was stored here in town and a bunch of fine folks were in the in the pub having a drink and talking about things and somebody had mentioned you know the that they were panning white sand out of the the, the flat flat creek there at the at the mine and they, they got to talking that maybe there was some tungsten there and it you know shining a black light would would tell you right away so they went down there with a black light and looked at it and went oh my one <laughs> <laughs> of one of the highest grade it was the highest grade tungsten mine in the world i believe wow wow north america for sure wow i i love i love discovery stories 